0: The Cannabis Conversation A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry Welcome to The Cannabis Conversation with Anoush Desai where I explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. Today is actually the 10th episode of the show and I have to say the podcast has exceeded my hopes and expectations. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's one of the best things I've ever decided to do and I'd highly recommend it. I guess the biggest thing is just meeting people. I'm in touch with new people virtually every day and I think by meeting new people you just get new ideas so I'm really enjoying sparking off off that aspect. If you are at all thinking about launching a podcast yourself and you found a topic you'd like to talk about, I would really, really recommend doing it. It's just an amazing learning experience, I think. Don't get too obsessed with it needing to be perfect. I don't think this show is anywhere near perfect. Just get on and do it. And undoubtedly you'll improve and grow in confidence as it goes along, as I feel that I am too. So I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. The feedback is really, really positive. So thank you all for that. Today's episode is a really interesting one actually. I've got a great guy called Tom Gray who is frighteningly young but extremely smart and a brilliant example of a young entrepreneur in this space who has decided to set up a recruitment company Um, and that's great for him but it also is a really good indicator of how things are starting to pick up in the nascent industry and hiring is, is, is a key priority. So I'll be talking to Tom now and I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Okay, so welcome back to the Cannabis Conversation. Today I've got Tom Gray on the show. Tom is CEO and founder of Bloom Jobs, which is Europe's first cannabis recruitment agency. Tom is a great example of an entrepreneur entering this market, but also the launch of Bloom signifies that finding talent is already becoming a key priority for fledgling businesses in this space. It'll be great to find out more from Tom on the current state of the jobs market, but also to get his views on where it's heading. Tom, welcome. Thank you for having me on. No worries. So let's get let's get right into it. So it's estimated that by 2020 in the US there'll be 340,000 cannabis related jobs. Um, how are we doing over here in the UK and Europe? What sort of stage are we at here?
2: It's I think it's really tough to put a, an exact number on it. We do hear coming out of different countries that there's going to be. Five hundred jobs starting here when this company moves in, another thousand jobs starting here. There's quite a lot of hot air as well coming out of uh, each of these countries. But based on what we've seen, it's uh, it's definitely increasing rapidly in terms of the, the, the number of jobs available and also the type of jobs available, not just in the UK but across Europe as well. Again, it's hard to put an exact figure on it. Uh, so we've been running now for about eight months, and we're we're starting to get some good analytics, but not transparent enough to say that we can we can confidently assess the actual market size although we do feel that when a job becomes available we we're very lucky and normally get the first uh, first look at it so we ex- expect to be able to offer some better analytics over the next 6 to 12 months as we can really draw some averages from um, from the applicants and the the mandates that become available cool
1: okay so we're just sort of beginning i guess and in that case what sort of prompted you to start the business if it's it's always one of those things of when when should we get involved is the market ready yet etc so what kind of thought process and what what indicators gave you the impression that it was worth starting now
2: i think it's a good question so when i started in the industry i was consulting uh, grow biotech i'm still consulting grow biotech and it became quite apparent quite fast that there is a lack of talent and everyone was stretched quite thin on the ground. We had some very senior scientists spending their time recruiting people for the lab when really they would be better spent focusing on some of the research projects at hand, for example. Uh, And then that became apparent across the industry as I was speaking to more and more people. Everyone was looking for uh, members of staff to do a variety of different roles. And it sort of just made sense to me. I'm, I mean, I'm not from a recruiting background anyway, but there's an obvious gap in the market. When you're building an industry, you need people to build it. And it's, it just seems quite obvious. And now it's become very apparent that it was absolutely and is absolutely necessary. And uh, the, the demand is biking.
1: Well, that's great. And uh, interesting, we'll come back to your kind of background in, in a little bit. But interesting that you didn't start off in recruitment, but you could listen to what people were saying in the industry. So I guess primarily at the moment in this kind of very nascent market, what other what types of typical jobs that, that people are looking at?
2: I think most of all, it's all, I mean, it's business ancillary, especially in the UK and across most of Europe. It's actually quite rare to find a job that's touching the plant. Uh, most people assume if they're working in the cannabis industry, you know, you'll be... Doing something with the, the plant, something with the bud. It's not necessarily the case at all. It's all business ancillary. I'd say at least 95% of what we see in the UK and across Europe is, is very little to do with actually touching the plant. So the, the traditional jobs that you would have in any industry, you will find in the cannabis industry, anything from sort of sales to marketing, project management, content creation. It's all necessary. I mean, it's, it's the, the exciting thing is that we're, we're building the industry and that means everything around it rather than just uh, people that know how to to grow cannabis. Very
1: interesting. It's like the, the picks and shovels analogy for the California gold rush. Exactly. Um, so, yes, really interesting though know that that's kind of following through into jobs so far. So, I, I, you know, if that is the case, that it's sort of more business ancillary type roles, what kind of backgrounds? I mean, you alluded to a few things like marketing and sales, but is it more wider than that?
2: I think one one thing which is absolutely critical and really helps anyone to get into the industry is an entrepreneurial spirit i mean it's the nature of a emerging market that's definitely in its infancy you you need people that can appreciate that this is very fast moving regulations change roles change and you may be hired into one position but you may well end up doing three at the end of the week it's it it requires someone that is either experienced an emerging market or is willing to experience it with the sort of understanding of of what that may entail. It, there's no specific skill set that one should have to to come into the industry that will help them get in. More, I mean, passion obviously helps. Understanding of the industry regulations. When I when I see candidates that have obviously done their research or they're driven by passion, it makes the conversation a lot easier. Uh, we don't have to go over what's happening in Europe the state of the industry i can put them straight in front of a a, a, cl- a candidate a client excuse me and i'm confident that they will be able to hold their their ground so industry specific research but apart from that being good in whichever given field you've been working in before i mean it, it seems like an obvious one but to be able to transfer those skills isn't particularly hard to to this industry. Obviously, it depends on the industry you're coming from. But most of the time, they're all very transferable and people get into the groove of things uh, pretty fast.
1: That's great. One One of the reasons I started this show was obviously to talk about cannabis, but come at it from a career change angle. So transferable skills are obviously regularly brought up in those sort of conversations. And I like what you say about it being a kind of mindset thing as well, you know, that you're prepared to get your hands dirty and not not know everything that's going on. Is, it, is, it, is that the type of briefs that you get from, from your clients then and when you're assessing candidates?
2: Most of the time, actually, when we're speaking with the clients, we are consulting them on what, I mean, we, we hear their vision and then we'll consult them on what we see to be the best fit based on our experiences with other companies. Um, So a lot of the time, it's actually the other way around. A client will say, look, we're trying to achieve this. What sort of people do we need? What background do they come from? And a lot of the time, if it's, you know, exploring regulatory environments, legal backgrounds make a lot of sense. If it's looking at marketing, then obviously someone that's been marketing potentially in like the healthcare industry or tobacco or alcohol, those sort of uh, slight environments where it's a little bit more of a minefield it becomes uh easier to transfer purely because you're kind of attuned to understanding how things may not be as simple as as a to z it's uh There's a more complex ways of doing things, which seem painful, but it's a, sort of all part of the journey as we're building this, this industry.
1: So have you noticed a, a trend in the candidates you're dealing with? Are there any particular industries or professions that they're coming from that are moving into cannabis roles?
2: So it's a good question. I think we could say that there is a correlation or definitely an increase of applicants that are coming from the legal and finance backgrounds. Uh, not necessarily all investment bankers or, or corporate lawyers, but they have touched on the regulatory side or they understand how to structure certain types of deals. And these skills are very quickly becoming demanded by this industry as as the very nature of setting up the infrastructure requires deal structuring and maneuvering of regulations. So on a sort of high level, that is a massive increase of, of these sort of candidates. Also from a science background, naturally, we can see a lot of people coming out of university and, and keen to get stuck straight into research projects involving cannabis as it's it's passion projects for them and they, they really want to continue their their studies in the space. And nat- I, I, I completely agree that there isn't enough research done on it yet. And that is changing rapidly. I think it's, I read the other day something like 50% of all academic articles written on cannabis have been written in the past 10 years, which goes to show that there is, there is a keen focus, but it's definitely not saturated that research space. So there's a, there's a lot of scientists coming in too, as well as, um, people from, I mean, all sorts of sales, marketing and creative backgrounds, which is, which is great because, the industry needs all, all angles for it to be built. It, it can't just be built on on lawyers and financiers. I mean, it, it definitely helps, <laughs> but you do need some, some creative types to make it look good and actually really communicate with the people as well. So it's uh, as I said, it's naturally becoming quite collaborative as it is. Uh, and if that continues, then I think we'll have a very successful industry on our hands. Cool.
1: I hope we haven't put anyone off by saying there's lots of lawyers and accountants <laughs> entering the, the, the industry, but good to hear there's lots of scientists as well, actually, because I think that credibility and rigor will help elevate cannabis from the kind of misunderstood stoner aesthetic to um, a kind of real grown-up industry.
2: Absolutely. Cool.
1: And um, where do you see the market heading? There's been a lot of stuff in the news recently, do you think? 2019 is going to be a very significant year? I
2: I absolutely do. I think last year uh, was, I mean, it was in its infancy, but really, really in its infancy. This year, it's starting to get legs and and crawl, and people are, are sort of set up for investment. They've built the infrastructure that will house their future business and then i can imagine there's going to be significant investment coming from across canada to to not just the uk again but the rest of europe as some people feel they've missed the boat out there and i expect quite a lot of the projects that were gearing up in 2018 to really explode in 2019 in time with regulation change but we can see across europe there are a lot of uh Countries like France, for example, that are now discussing it very seriously, as not just a social issue but also as an economic stimulus, which does tend to get governments moving a little bit faster. Yeah,
1: undoubtedly, undoubtedly. You've, um, I, I think a thing though I didn't pick up on earlier was is, is around the European aspect of it. Do you? We'll we'll talk about the B word in a second, but do you see certain areas in Europe are moving quicker in terms of jobs? I suppose specifically.
2: Because we've had a focus on the UK, because we're based in London at the moment, we have seen a huge amount of jobs appearing over the past, even three months, the the, the numbers have increased uh, tenfold. And across Europe as well, we can see um, increases as well, I think. Typically people think of places like the Netherlands and Spain as cannabis hotspots, but in reality I can see it more being the case that France towards third quarter fourth quarter of 2019 is actually going to be a, a really interesting place for employment in cannabis next to Germany as well as uh, Spain as Spain as well, but less so than maybe people previously anticipated. The UK and London is is booming. And I can only see that increasing. There's, there's nothing that suggests that this is going to slow down. Quite the opposite. As we hear more and more about these companies moving across, setting up shop and other companies that are domestic to the UK taking consider- considerable investment, it only means that they need to build out teams and uh, find the right people to, to grow the company with them. So it's I think it's, it'll be exciting to see where it's going. And, and we do track the changes as it's happening. Uh, it's impossible to put your... Your finger on it though and and say this is where the, the most growth is going to be. Although I know lots of people are looking at London and the UK as a future European cannabis hub and potentially even a, a cannabis hub to the rest of the world. And I think I can understand why and it, it makes sense, not just because we're moving ahead quite rapidly with regulations compared to where we thought we'd be, but also the, the types of businesses that are setting up shop here. They They are set up for international trade.
1: Yes, that's what we've all been led to believe, I think, uh, apart from the B word, Brexit. How do you think that is affecting or will affect?
2: Well, it's my understanding that certainly initially there won't be any drastic changes, as we'll be copy and pasting a lot of the the regulations and laws from uh, from the EU. And I think it could be considered even as an opportunity for the UK to, to really excel in, in a specific area. I think Greece are already eyeing up that as a... That their governments are setting up, looking to set up large cultivation and lots of uh, distribution from Greece to Macedonia, as again an economic stimulus. I think the UK would be foolish to not consider it as as an economic stimulus for ourselves as well. Purely based off the, the projected size of this industry and the growth that we've seen in the past twelve months, which is is actually um, traceable. You, you you can see on paper how much it's grown, you can see the public opinion as it shifted, the number of academic articles that are now being written on this industry, the sort of research projects that are springing up across academic institutions in in the UK, it all points towards a a booming cannabis economy in the next five to 10 years. And I I think it's going to be a a rocky road. There are a lot of cowboys in this industry. It is the nature of a a frontier industry. It is the Wild West but they are getting polarised out by regulations and we are starting to see some true businesses come through with actual prospects and real problems being solved as opposed to cash in, cash out, uh, which I find very exciting. Great.
1: That's, I mean, a very positive view, which is good to hear.
2: (laughs) So is there anything that the,
1: I guess, the government could be doing sort of around jobs for cannabis and encouraging the industry in general?
2: Sure. I mean, I believe at the moment there's, There is a large focus, certainly larger than any point in the past 20 years on building this industry. I think it's been understood to be an opportunity now. And, you know, naturally, they have to fact check things quite a lot more than uh, private organizations. And I think the education is happening not just amongst society, but amongst the politicians as well, where it's now moving away from this scary plant, which is detrimental to everyone's health, to understanding that a war on drugs is actually Negative for society and costs more than it's worth, and it's you're better off regulating it if you want to protect people than to cause a a prohibition where it's forced underground and into unregulated markets where people then start capitalising in it for the wrong reasons and there's no sort of regulations. So I believe the right conversations are being had at a government level at the moment, and they are thinking of how we could use this to uh, to the, the advantage of the UK as a whole and, and, and do trade with the rest of the world. And as we've seen recently in the news, first bulk shipment of medical cannabis coming into the UK, it has taken three and a half months from that being made available to actually happen. But that's uh, I guess that's the nature of jumping through hoops. I can see that the as the education's happening, we're expecting more and more politicians to, to stand up and get behind it, it's already begun, but just like with the rest of, of the UK, it's this education that's, that has to happen first before any real change. And then after that education comes the fact checking and, and then the actual enforcing of policy. That's a whole other book, which may take some time. But I think it is moving at a rate faster than anyone really could have predicted it to, to be moving out in the UK. And I'm excited to see what that will mean for the rest of Europe as well. Cool. Great. Yeah, I think, well, obviously,
1: it's always difficult to get that first shipment in. But the fact that that's happened now, hopefully, will make it easier for those who follow and also will serve as a bit of an advert to to those new businesses that are looking or investors that are looking into this area.
2: Exactly. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think before anything else is considered in this industry, it is patients first. There has to be a patient focus as that is the immediate problem that there are people restricted from medicines which can save their life and i think that is now becoming much more apparent and this first bulk shipment is is the real first sign of that becoming apparent and sort of becoming a reality which is really positive and now we're going to see people's lives changing because of something that they haven't been allowed to to have in in quite some time
1: brilliant thank you so what advice would you give to someone who's trying to break into the industry I We'll obviously provide your contact details yeah. afterwards so people can email you directly. But uh, one of the things you talked about was mindset. What sort of preparation would you say, just generally, if you're approaching this brand new frontier industry?
2: I would have a look at, I mean, the internet is an amazing source of information. Obviously, take some of it with a pinch of salt. Make sure if you're reading things and then screaming about it, that they are backed up. It's um, not always the case. But I think if you start, if you find a specific area in the industry that you're interested in, maybe from your previous working background or it's completely new to you, get a feel for the political landscape, how regulations change, any sort of scientific developments, and then also the financial side of things. You'll get a good sort of holistic perspective of, of the industry in a snapshot and then potentially where it's going. And that may give you a little bit of clarity as to where you can see yourself fitting in based off your, your previous experience. That's great advice, and I mean, following on from that as well, how do you
1: think employers need to kind of alter their approach to this, given that no one has ten years' experience in cannabis what, What's your advice to people who are looking to
2: employ people? I think asking a lot of questions and and asking experts. And also, not admitting you're an expert like is a is a good step, so no one really is an expert of this industry at the moment. I mean on the cultivation side, yes, there are people that have been in the industry for a lot longer than it's been legal and and they are by far more sophisticated at certain types of cultivation, but it doesn't necessarily translate to large scale pharmaceutical cultivation but it it's it's that as an example, it does still help now. I think asking the right questions and sort of being open-minded about the type of talent coming in is, is important. And normally it's the case that we will present quite a few different sort of profile backgrounds and sort of work with the employer to work out what exactly they're looking for and how they can achieve their vision. And it's like any other industry, really. The, as I said, the, the roles are the same. It just requires a slightly more nimble approach and some specific knowledge which can be taught. But the employer really should be open to suggestions and and looking for the certainly entrepreneurial people and people that don't make brash decisions no one that has holsters and shoots from the hip, um, and anyone that that's driven and, and passionate about the industry. I mean, you can always see on someone's CV if they've uh, if they've achieved things or they bounce around between companies too often. I mean, it's not always a bad sign. It could suggest that they just haven't found exactly what they're looking for, and maybe this is it. But it's it's a very human industry, and it requires a human approach. Really good. That's yeah, very encouraging. I think the
1: thing with career change from my perspective is is I think we tend to box ourselves off quite a lot into I am a lawyer or I am a marketer or I am this. And sometimes it needs to sort of take a step out of that and appreciate your other skills as well and what you want to do. People often forget about that. So that's one reason why I find cannabis very exciting because there's a real opportunity to do things differently and to do to take advantage of the fact that no one knows everything
2: that's going on. Exactly. I I completely agree. I think the, the thing I learned first was definitely just don't stop asking questions. All the companies that I can see doing well are doing well because they've collaborated with other companies that knew what they were doing in that specific field. Everyone is a little bit of an expert of something, and together it can really make for a, some solid progression and, and you can build things quite quite quickly if you collaborate. And then we see people getting quite greedy by the, the opportunity and, and keeping things to themselves and you see them sinking quite fast. Uh, I guess that's just natural order, but I would say that collaboration is key and certainly one of the most important things when it comes to any emerging market, sharing information as no one knows everything and it's not all in one place yet like it can be in in other markets. It's It's all about putting your heads together.
1: Brilliant. Very positive and encouraging advice there. <laughs> so let's maybe talk a bit about your personal story. So you mentioned earlier that you didn't you didn't come from a recruitment background. What, what were you doing before and what was the kind of thought process that, uh, that led you to sort of look to a different area?
2: Sure. So it's been quite varied. Originally, it was not-for-profit. So it's always been quite entrepreneurial. I set up a a charity with a good friend when I was 18, and we used to run events around uh, the UK and parts of France to educate people on specific neurodegenerative diseases, one In particular, called aphasia, which affects about a third of people that have a stroke in the UK or rest of the world, uh, but it's not so well known. So the idea was to educate people on that to make it easier for the lives of the sufferers. Uh, And I spent a lot of time with some very interesting professors that were talking about some neuroprotective properties of of different molecules. And one of the ones that came up was some studies to do with cannabis, and it sort of led my research on a little bit more. Uh, Also. Following on from that, I went into financial services, which is quite different from the not-for-profit side. It's definitely for-for-profit. <laughs> and it was really me learning what it's like to work in a large corporate and get an idea for a global business, I suppose. And and I was in a good position where I was able to see markets as they're evolving six to twelve months before anything happened. So I was working for a, a company that would help facilitate MA and IPOs for for investment banks or private companies. And it, yeah, it gave me a good insight that Canada was spiking in in activity and there was some definite activity coming across between Canada and UK. And it seemed kind of like the right time to, to drop ship and surprise everyone in my office and say, look, I'm actually going to go into the cannabis industry. Uh, obviously, everyone assumed that meant that I was going to go and deal drugs obviously not the case and then it came to around to having to tell my parents the same uh, which was an interesting conversation
1: <laughs> i mean it's it's one of my favorite questions what did your parents say when you
2: told them well my dad is air force and quite military and old fashioned so that was a i explained he, he trusts me he knows that i'm i'm not trying to be silly or or do anything completely crazy he he knows that i've run entrepreneurial projects before that have been successful and i was clearly following that that sort of characteristic. So he was a little bit confused to start with and had to do his own research and gave me a couple of objections, which were quite easily overturned. And then on my mum's side, she's actually one of the main reasons as well I was getting into the space in the first place is so she's epileptic and it's uh, down the line. I'd, I'd like to see her having some... Uh, some medication to sort her out because I know that the opiates aren't doing so good, so was very positive, and everyone has been very, very supportive. all of the family uh, and friends of, of now they're really encouraging it as they can see on the news uh, what's going on and they're sort of they're saying uh, sort of well done for for spotting the opportunity a while back, and how do I get involved
1: <laughs> That's great it's nice when you can convince people around to sort see your point of view and good that you made that brave move. How have you found it? Sort of what are the good and bad bits, I suppose, of, I, of taking the plunge?
2: I love it. <laughs> I, I know that's really broad. I, I really do. It's very, very consuming. It's a lifestyle choice pretty much for me at the moment. I'm working pretty much seven days a week, talking about it all the time. I'm sure my partner's probably sick of it, but it's, I, I really enjoy it. No day is like the next. There's lots and lots of ups and downs, but. I really do feel like I'm at the forefront of something quite special. And I feel over the next couple of years, history will be made as this, as this industry is set up to be as efficient as, as other industries. But it's about 100 years behind and there's a lot of catching up to do. But anyone that likes solving problems and challenges, I recommend it. It's very, very entertaining and it certainly keeps me busy.
1: That's good. That's good and yeah, I can imagine that conversation with your dad was uh, was tricky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and probably one that you should hear down the pub. But yes, Tom, that's been really really good to to chat today and very positive, I think generally for the industry that there is a recruitment agency looking at this and and also encouraging to hear your positive projections for the year. So thank you for for taking the time out to chat to us today.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: And I will post Tom and Bloom's details on online next to the show. Cool. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Cheers.
0: So thanks for joining us on that episode. Hope you enjoyed it. It is a really interesting area, I think, recruitment, particularly in this space, because as I mentioned in the podcast, no one has 10 years experience in this industry. It hasn't really existed before, so unless <laughs> unless you're um, on the illegal side of things, but um, it means that both candidates and businesses are going to need to think a bit more laterally when it comes to hiring. And that makes for some really exciting times ahead. It particularly chimes with my angle on career change. So hopefully Tom's words were helpful and, and giving you a bit of a steer if you are interested in finding out more about finding a job in this area. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're using. Next week's episode, I'm really excited about, it, actually. I met these two giant rugby players earlier this week, international rugby players, George Cruz and Dominic Day, who both play for Saracens. And they have a brilliant product, which is specifically focusing CBD on sport. So I've got those guys on this week and they very kindly donated some of their products for us to have a giveaway. So tune in next week and you may be in with a chance of winning some of their products okay cool in the meantime have a good week cheers